Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank. We're now on episode 148. So 148 episodes through. My action-packed episode plan for you. The college ball playoff is set. Great weekend in the NFL. NBA in-season tournament coming down to the wire. LNB hot stove, winter meetings. So much more to talk about. This action-packed episode 148. Let's hop into it. We'll start off episode 148, how we always do, with the headlines and the NBA. Only thing to talk about the NBA this week is the in-season tournament. Right now, we got the in-season tournament games going on. You have Knicks versus Bucks, and that Celtics game was last night, but Knicks versus Bucks going on right now. You could call this the biggest game in New York basketball history over the past 10 years. Bigger than the other playoff game. This means something. This is the in-season tournament. Let's get a championship. Knicks fans, let's do it. That's the news in the NBA. It's more to the NFL. Action-packed week again. Cowboys, great win they had. Cruising over. Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night. Really close game. Geno Smith played really, really well. Darren Bland didn't play great. Had an interception, but got cooked by DK Metcalf whole entire game. But this is a different Dallas Cowboys team in the past few years. This team knows how to win a shootout. Past few years, you know, maybe you lose a game like this 35-30 to 30, because you can't get that extra drive touchdown. Dak Prescott maybe throws a pick in the red zone. Maybe a mistake like that. We don't see that this season. Dak Prescott was playing like an MVP. Right now, if I had to pick MVP... I would choose Dak Prescott. He's playing at an elite level. Aaron Rodgers said it. He's understanding position very, very well. Dak Prescott coming into the season said, I'm going to get under 10 interceptions. Now, I don't know if he's going to get that, but still, he's playing great. I love it. Dak Prescott, Cowboys, they're rolling. Big matchup against the Eagles this week. Indianapolis Colts, they keep on cruising. Shane Steichen, big candidate for coach of the year now. 7-5 with a backup quarterback. They draft Anthony Richardson. He goes down early in the season. Seems like they're going to be a lost cause. They've dealt with a lot of turmoil this season from John Taylor not signing his contract, John Taylor injury right now, to Darius Leonard not being on the team anymore, and now you're 7-5 with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I love it. Colts on a roll. Chargers, they won the worst game I've ever seen in the NFL. Not actually, but it was a terrible game. Terrible slugfest. 6 to nothing over the New England Patriots. Quinn Johnson, once again, plays like the defensive rookie of the year, plays for the other team, doesn't do well. One of the worst draft picks recent memory, at least what we've seen so far. 190 yards in his NFL career, and the eight receivers drafted after him, all over 400 yards on the season. Chargers looking like a bad pick. Justin Herbert, though, let's see if he can get things going this week. They got the win, 6 to nothing over the England Patriots. Lions, they got things back going. They got a great win over the New Orleans Saints. Had a big lead, 21 nothing. Lost it a little bit, but Jared Goff, what do good teams do? They find ways to win. So the Lions did on Sunday. Gets the New Orleans Saints. Found a way to win. I love it. Lions. Keep on rolling. Land Falcons, they had a really tough game. Weather game up in New York against the Jets. Tim Boyle, no points. Trevor Simeon, no points. 13-0, what a game that was for the Atlanta Falcons. Cardinals, they upset Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers team had a great chance to go 8-4. Now you're seeing that 7-5. This is a team that is not going to make the playoffs, in my opinion now. If you win that game, your chances to make the playoffs go up mightily because you might win that division, or at least come second in that division, but in Baltimore because the Bengals weren't doing well. Now the Bengals get a win on Monday Night Football. The Browns, struggling a little bit. They got a tough loss to Rams. But if the Steelers, Kenny Pickett's hurt, Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, I just don't see him winning many more football games. Over the Cardinals side, thanks, Kyler Murray. You're making your case for this team to keep you as their starting quarterback and not make it Caleb Williams coming up in April. Not make it Drake May. Jonathan Gannon, even though you're struggling, this team looking pretty good. Rookie head coach, I love it. Cardinals, great win. Another team, the great win on Sunday. Miami Dolphins, they cruised over. Washington Commanders, 45-15. to Tua Tagovailoa playing great. This offense on a tear. Tyree Kill had another great game. Looking like an MVP candidate. Could be one of the first receivers ever to win MVP. Love it right there. They shut down that commander's offense. Good defense too. 
Texans find ways to win. Like I said, good teams find ways to win. Rookie quarterback going up against Sean Payton. I said that's not good material for a win. Well, it was this time. She just shouted, Houston Texans win 22-17. They get that game-stealing interception. I love it. Texans, great win over Denver Broncos. Broncos, on a, we're on a roll. Five straight wins. We're about to make it six. Then they throw an interception. Russell Wilson, your veteran quarterback, go up against a rookie quarterback. These are the games you need to win. I don't care if it's on the road. You need to win these games to put your team in the playoff position. For the contract you have, for the investment this team made into you, you're looking like a guy who's a middle-of-tier quarterback in the NFL right now, not a guy that they thought they were getting as a top 10, top 5 quarterback in the league. Buccaneers, great one of the Panthers. They're rolling right now. Rams, talked about them earlier. 500 now. It's pretty good. For a team that was really struggling earlier on the season with injuries, Matthew Stafford wasn't playing for a little bit. They had Brett Ripien at quarterback. Now they're 6-6. Six six. Great win over the Cleveland Browns. For the Browns side, thanks. I'm going to keep that comparison to the Tennessee Titans last year. Titans last year had their quarterback go down. Then they struggled for the rest of the season. Didn't make the playoffs. That's what I see from this Browns team. I like their fight. But I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs. Maybe Kevin Stefanski, his last season as the head man in Cleveland. Niners, best game of the week, best overall performance of the week. Standing on business, like Debo Samuel said. What a great game that was. All around by the San Francisco 49ers. Dre Greenlaw getting ejected. That was a little bit funny right there. But Brock Purdy plays out of his mind. He's the MVP favorite right now. Looking great. Debo Samuel, three touchdowns. This is a game last season where they wanted to win. Up in Philadelphia for the conference championship with a chance to make the Super Bowl. And they got robbed by them. By not having a quarterback. Brock Purdy tears his UCL. Josh Johnson gets a concussion. And they don't have a quarterback for the rest of the game. That's tough right there. That's what happened to them at San Francisco 49ers. But now, get your comeback win. Get your revenge. Great win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Green Bay Packers. I want to applaud Jordan Love a little bit right here. Not just for helping out my fantasy team on Sunday night. But also for carrying his team on his back after people were trying to write him off. Including me. I said, I don't know if Jordan Love is the right guy for the starting job for the Green Bay Packers. Past two games, he's looked like the next generational talent they have at quarterback. Love it right there. Green Bay Packers, two back-to-back great wins over two of the best teams in the NFL. Packers beat the Chiefs this week. Lions last week. Love to see it. Bengals, Monday Night Football. Let's round out the NFL headlines. Great win. Jake Browning. Like I said last week, haven't seen much of Jake Browning since his college days at Washington, but to get a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football, great game that was. Trevor Lawrence goes down a little bit. CJ Beathard had to come to the game. Maybe that impacted some things, but still, Jake Browning. Wants to get this team to the playoffs. Have them a chance to do some damage in the playoffs. With the weapons they have on defense, weapons they have on offense. Jake Browning, let's see if he can do it. Close out the headlines in the MLB. New thing in the MLB that we've seen for the past two years, the winter meetings, the MLB draft lottery. This year, draft lottery went to the Cleveland Guardians and not the Oakland Athletics. Oakland Athletics had one of the worst seasons of all time, and they ended up with the number four pick. Guardians, only a 2% chance getting number one pick, and they got it. You fan of this? Leave thoughts in the comments. That's about for the headlines this week. Now, Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day. If you're not familiar with what Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day is, it's where we pick the top NFL games of the week. Not all of them, just the top ones. We try to get a perfect record. So let's hop into it. Thursday night football game, Patriots versus Steelers. Really not a great game at all. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one. They're going to improve to 8-5. Still, really, really bad team, in my opinion. Same with the Patriots. They improved to 8-5, though. One of the worst primetime games of the year. Great Thursday night football game last week. Cowboys Seahawks, bad one this week. Next game, Buccaneers versus the Falcons. This is a great NFC South battle. Falcons in the first seed, NFC South right now. Buccaneers trying to take that playoff spot from them. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one. B.J. Robinson plays well. They've utilized them well the past two games, in my opinion. I like it. Falcons over the Buccaneers. Lions versus the Bears. Justin Fields. 
getting back to full health, but they're not going to win this one. I like the Lions over the Bears. I'm excited to see what the Bears' direction could be this offseason because they could very well end up with number one and number two overall pick. They could have a new coach. I think the best option for them would be keep Justin Fields, maybe draft Marvin Harrison at number two. Say you get the number one pick that the Panthers have, trade that pick down. Number two, get amazing draft capital. And you take Marvin Harrison, team up with this old Ohio State guy, Justin Fields. Just my opinion right there, though. That's outside of this game. Lions over the Bears. Colts versus the Bengals. Just hyped up the Colts a little bit in the headlines, but also different Jake Browning, like Jake Browning, the Bengals win this one. Jaguars versus the Browns. Two teams without starting quarterbacks. Looks like Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain is going to miss this one, even though Doug Pearson doesn't fully want to commit to Trevor Lawrence being out in this one. I'm going to go to the Jaguars over the Browns. Browns still expecting to fall off that cliff. Texans versus the Jets. Jets, this team is depleted. They have no good quarterback. The offense is looking horrible. You have great weapons. Reese Hall, Garrett Wilson, you saw what these guys have done this season and last season. But there is no good quarterback to piece it all together. Aaron Rodgers next season, maybe. This is an amazing defense. They just can't win because there is no good starting quarterback play. Maybe even coaching by Robert Sala. I'm going to go with Texas over the Jets. Rams versus the Ravens. Rams, back to 500. They go back under 500 this week. Let's go with the Ravens over the Rams. Vikings versus the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Vikings this one. I don't know if it's going to be Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall. Whoever it might be, Vikings get a win over the Raiders. Tonio Pierce, intern for the Raiders. He wants to keep that head coaching job. He wants to remove that intern tag and be the head coach. Got to win these games. Doesn't right here. Vikings over the Raiders. Seahawks versus the 49ers. 49ers just spanked them on the road two weeks ago. What makes you think they're not going to do this again? Let me get the 49ers over the Seahawks. Bills versus the Chiefs. Bills coming off a bye week. Potential for an upset. Chiefs need a big win. Past two big games they've had. Packers and Eagles didn't do well in them. Lost both of them. They need a bounce back win for sure. I'm going to get the Chiefs bouncing back over the Bills. And the Bills moved to 6-7 and seven after this game. They might not make playoffs there, buddy. Chiefs over the Bills. Broncos versus the Chargers. Good Chargers in this one. Broncos, five straight wins. Got cut short last week against the Houston Texans. They get another loss this week, putting them out of playoff contention for a little bit out of the hunt. Chargers get back in the hunt. Great win over the Broncos. Eagles versus the Cowboys. Game of the week for the Eagles. Eagles gauntlet schedule they've had so far. Chiefs three weeks ago. Bills two weeks ago. They played 49ers last week. And now you're going to be going up against the Dallas Cowboys this week. Beat them in Philadelphia. That was a great game. It's Sunday primetime. I like the Cowboys to win this one. This is a game where you could very easily go with the Eagles, but this is a toss-up. History shows the home team in this rivalry wins this game. I'm going to ride with that. Cowboys over the Eagles. Packers versus the Giants. Let's go with the Packers in this one. Keeping it going. Jordan Love has his team in the playoff front. I like it. Sorry, Tommy DeVito. You know I'm a Giants fan. I'm not going to go with the Giants in this one. Packers over the Giants. Now, top five for this week. Top five, this week is going to be on college ball playoff and the top five biggest snubs of all time from this 14 playoff that is now over. We're now to the 12-team playoff era after this playoff of Michigan versus Alabama, Texas versus Washington. But some teams over the years from 2014, 2023, there's been some massive snubs in the playoff, notably Florida State this year. It's one of the top five playoff snubs of all time. Here's mine. Let's hop into it. For five, 2018 Ohio State. 2018, Ohio State was 12-1. They had one loss in the season, a road loss to Purdue. Now, I'm going to say it right here. That team had a horrible defense. But when you played them, you had fear in your eyes because they had Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. They had Chris Olave at receiver. They had Terry McLaurin at receiver. They had J.K. Dobbins at running back. They had Nick Bosa on the edge, even though I think he opted out midway through the season. But still, this is an elite team with Urban Meyer 
as their coach. They left out a 12-1 Ohio State team for Oklahoma team that got absolutely boat raced in the playoff by Alabama. Now, Michigan team that played Ohio State, they went to Columbus that year, favored, and they lost 62-39. Ohio State, like I said, only one bad loss in the year. They lost that game by about 25 points to Purdue, but still. Road game, night game, things could be tricky in college football in October. That's happening right there. I don't think this team should have been left out of the playoff. Five, 2018 Ohio State, even though they had bad defense, ended up winning the Rose Bowl. It's actually they finished season 13-1. Great season right there for the Buckeyes. Five, Ohio State. Number four, Texas A&M in 2020. Texas A&M in 2020, one loss this season to Alabama by about 40 points. Wasn't a great game, but that team had Jalen Waddle. The team they were going to play in the playoffs did not have Jalen Waddle. Playoff that year was number one Alabama, who ended up winning the last championship. Versus number four, Notre Dame, two Clemson, and three Ohio State. Clemson and Notre Dame got absolutely crushed in the playoff, and they split their games in the season. Notre Dame won the first matchup. Clemson won the second matchup. Texas A&M, I think, would have beaten both that year. Yes, they would have beat a Trevor Lawrence Led team that year. I think Texas A&M and Alabama might have been the two best teams in college football that year. Better than the Ohio State team. They should have gone to the playoff. Four, Texas A&M 2020. Three, TCU 2014. This was before Big 12 had a championship game, and that's kind of what messed them up in the end. If the Big 12 did have a championship game, they could have gone in. I think the biggest reason this team doesn't get talked about much is because the team that got in over them, 2014 Ohio State, ended up winning it all with third-string quarterback, Cardinal Jones. Yes, a team with the third-string quarterback still got into the playoff, unlike Florida State. That's time for another topic. But still, Cardinal Jones had a great Big Ten championship game, won 59-0. TCU had a great season, great offense. They won their bowl game. They get put at number three for me. Number two, and I saw this on Square Sports Instagram last year, Wisconsin 2017. John Taylor's freshman year there. Alex Hornibrook is quarterback. They finished their regular season 12-0. They lost in the Big Ten Championship game to Ohio State. Went 12-1. Knocked them out of the playoff. Then they went and won the Orange Bowl against Miami. This team had an elite defense, in my opinion. This is a great team. Really should have gone to the playoff, in my opinion. Number two, Wisconsin 2017. And number one, you know it, Florida State Seminoles 2023. If you're looking for the four most deserving teams, they put Florida State in there. And if you're looking for the four best teams, I'm not sure you can say Florida State isn't one of the best four teams in college football. Even without Jordan Travis. They boat raced LSU, something Alabama could not do at home. They beat down Florida by nine points in the swamp of the backup quarterback. That's impressive. So they should have got in to the playoff if you're looking for the four most deserving. Now, if you're looking for the four best, we're going to talk about that in College Bus Showcase. But here's my top five Steve P. Snubs of all time. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, didn't know. This week's didn't know is, did you know, tonight in the NHL, three brothers will all be on the ice at the same time. Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, and Luke Hughes. This is actually the ninth time it's ever happened in NHL history. you think this would be like the first time it's ever happened. Three brothers have all been on the ice at the same time. But no, it's the ninth time in NHL history. Quinn Hughes, Luke Hughes, both went to Michigan. Jack Hughes went out of high school to the NFL, NHL draft, became the number one overall draft pick. We're going to talk about hockey much on this show, but get familiar with the Hughes brothers. Luke Hughes, rookie, Quinn Hughes, and Jack Hughes, young stars in the NHL. Didn't know that. These three brothers will be facing off against each other on the ice tonight. It'll be the ninth time in NHL history. We have a brother trio in the NHL on the same ice. Didn't know that? Leave that in the comments. Now, some big news happened in MLB this week. 
Not the Shohei Otani news that might be out by the time this episode is released. Not the Yoshinobu Yamamoto news. Not the Cleveland Guardians news again, number one pick. Not any of those news. It's about top prospect in MLB, Jackson Trio, signing an extension of eight years, 80 million, could be worth up to 180 million at one point without ever taking a swing at a bat, without ever taking a single step into an MLB batter box. Now he's taking a swing at a bat in his life, of course, just not an MLB game. Here's a new trend, and I'm gonna tell you if I like it or don't like it. We saw it last season with Corbin Carroll, right before opening day, they signed him to about an eight-year, $180 million extension, similar to this one, before he proved anything in MLB. Now, Corbin Carroll has proved to be one of the best stars in MLB, led the team to the World Series this year, didn't win it, but still, all-star, rookie of the year, all that for Corbin Carroll. It's a great deal. Say it doesn't work out for the team. Say you just gave a guy eight years, $180 million, and he's the next Jared Kelly, the next Mickey Moniak, whoever it might be, next massive MLB bust. Not someone who is great. Then you've got an issue. And for the player side of things, what if you become next Juan Soto? Next Aaron Judge, where you want that $400 million deal, which Corbin Carroll may want down the way, but he's not going to get it because he signed this extension earlier in his career. But also, you're a minor leaguer getting eight years, $180 million, like Jackson Trio is for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's a new trend in MLB, and it could carry over to other sports, even though it's not really minor leagues in other sports. But still, I like this deal right here. Jackson Trio could be one of the best stars in MLB one day, but if this doesn't work out, the Brewers are stuck with him. Can't trade a guy with an eight-year, $180 million contract. Can't do it, especially if he's a scrub, which I don't think Jackson Trio will be. Just watch his batting practice videos. But what if you do get that next Mickey Moniak? What if you do that? The next big bust in MLB. Then you've got an issue. What if you give that to Mark Appel? Mark Appel was a big bust in MLB. Never pitched a meaningful game in MLB. Retired and then came back to the MLB before he even actually pitched a game at the highest level of baseball. That's the thing with bust right here in MLB. Could work out. Could not. Michael Harris and Spencer Strider also did this, and they're both working out great. Young players, again, big contract extensions, but you're never going to get the super mega max contract that you want. You're never going to get the Otani, 300, 400, 500 million. Never going to get that judge. Massive contract. At least not until you're out of your prime, which is what I'm worried about for Corbin Carroll. But it's great for the Diamondbacks. They locked him up. It's going to be great for the Brewers because they just locked up Jackson Trio, who's going to be a star in MLB. Leave your thoughts on that. Just wanted to talk about that a little bit right here. New news in MLB. Leave your thoughts. Now, let's do a segment we haven't done in a little while. MVP, LVP. Most valuable person, player, team, or whatever of the week. Personality of the week. And LVP. Least valuable. Let's hop into it. MVP for this week is the Cleveland Guardians, everybody. This is a team that had a decent season last year. Their playoff squad had a lot of injuries last season. Great manager Terry Francona retired this year. They got Steven Vogt as new manager. They had a 2% chance to get number one overall pick. So very low compared to other teams. Very low compared to the Oakland Athletics who had about a 25% chance to get the number one overall pick. Guardians had 2% chance to get it and now they're going to get a generational talent. Whoever they want to pick out of college, whoever they want to pick out of high school is going to be a generational talent going to this team. They won the week in sports by getting that number one overall pick today. Cleveland Guardians, my MVP. LVP, Monty Williams, and the Detroit Pistons. Kate Cunningham, not going to say he's a bust, but I'm not going to say he's a star. Jay Nivey, I'm not going to say he's a bust, but I'm not going to say he's a star. Killian Hayes, he is a bust. Some other guys on this team, Marvin Bagley, is a bust. I don't even drop Marvin Bagley, but still, he's a bust. I don't know why he gets valuable minutes on this team. They went winless in the month of November. 
That's ridiculous. You don't ever see an NBA team going winless in November unless it's the Sam Hankie 76ers from a few years ago. Ridiculous. LVP Pistons, MVP Guardians, Fast Power for MVP LVP. Now, College Bus Showcase. Get ready for this one, folks. We're going to be covering a lot of things. We'll be covering the transfer portal, the College Ball Playoff Committee, and just the College Ball Playoff. And the top five bowl games in Ballmania season, everybody. Let's hop into it. Let's talk about the transfer portal really quick. First things first, we got a bunch of great quarterbacks in the transfer portal. First one, my name, Dante Moore, number three quarterback in last year's class behind Arch Manning and Nico Amaleva over at Tennessee in Texas right now. Both those guys, amazing quarterbacks. They're going to be amazing. Same with Dante Moore. Dante Moore started most games this season for UCLA and had a really bad time starting those games. But he was around poor weapons. So he says, to hell with you, UCLA. Had you for one year. I'm going to go over to maybe Oregon, maybe an LSU, maybe a Michigan, where I'm from, to be their starting quarterback. Very rare where you see a freshman quarterback transferring. Cam Ward, this is going to be his second time transferring. Transfer from FCS Incarnate World over to Washington State. Now he's going to transfer from Washington State to maybe Ohio State, where he has going to get insane NIL money. Ohio State tried to give Drake May $5 million NIL last year. They didn't get him. They're going to do the same with Cam Ward this year. Kyle McCord, Ohio State quarterback, won them 11 games this year. You win your team 11 games in the college ball season, and they say, hit the high road, you're gone, buddy. I think that's what happened with Kyle McCord and Ohio State. Now, what I really think happened there is that he was Marvin Harrison's high school quarterback, they took him on because of that because they really wanted Marvin Harrison. So they took Kyle McCord as a recruit over J.J. McCarthy because of that. And then when C.J. Stroud leaves, they say, hey, Devin Brown is probably better than Kyle McCord. Lincoln Kynels is probably better than Kyle McCord. We can probably get a great quarterback in the portal like we tried with Drake May, but we're not going to get him. Let's just stick with Kyle McCord and have him play with Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's see that connection right out. Now that Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, gone to the NFL, can be a Hall of Famer there. They're going to say, Kyle McCord, what do we do with you? You're not that great of a quarterback. All you do is force passes to these amazing receivers who are now gone. Julian Fleming, former number one overall recruit by ESPN in that 2020 class. He's gone now. He's going to be a senior. Transfer. Ohio State didn't develop him well. Kyle McCord is now gone. There are 1,127 players in transfer portal right now. It opened yesterday. Yesterday. Here's my opinion on this. Teams illegally contact players before the transfer portal opens. Everybody knows that. Players like to enter it, or just say they're entering it, before it even opens up officially, and teams jump on that gun. There's reports that Lincoln Riley's up in Manhattan, Kansas, or recruiting Will Howard, and he's not even officially in the portal yet. That's some ridiculous stuff right there. That's a 44% increase from last year's opening day. 1,127. What's the point of you even taking on a recruit if they're just getting to the transfer portal? It's ridiculous, everybody. But those are my thoughts on the transfer portal. Now we got the college ball playoff. Talk about it, everybody. Everybody knows college ball playoff is one Michigan, two Washington, three Texas, four Alabama. If you were to get the four best teams into the playoff, here's what I think it would look like. If you were to get the four best college ball teams into the college ball playoff, that four most deserving, we'll do that next. The four best into the playoff. Number one, Michigan Wolverines. Two top 10 wins, 13-0. They're number one. Number two, I'm going to say it's the Georgia Bulldogs there, buddy. I know they lost to Alabama, but it's still Georgia. That's a neutral site field. That's a game where some of your guys are banged up. Lam McConkey, Brock Bowers. If you give them a month to rest, they're the most dangerous team in college football. And you've seen that all season long. So Georgia, everybody, is number two. One loss, you're out of the playoff. Doesn't seem very right to me. Lam McConkey and Brock Bowers are hurt all season. 
We'll see if those guys come back next year. Carson Beck certainly is, but still. I don't love it right there. Georgia being out of the playoff. They were the second best team in college football this year. If I were to put four best in, I'll put them at number two. Number three, I'll put Texas Longhorns. Texas, better team than Washington when I see them on tape. Texas, better athletes. Washington just had so many close games this year. Michael Pettis Jr. has some of the worst footwork I've ever seen out of college football quarterback. And some people like to say that too. Some people like to say he's the worst footwork of any Power 5 quarterback in the country. He just has a great arm and great accuracy and great receivers around him. True. And number four, I'll put Alabama. Got to put Texas over Alabama. Got to value head-to-head. Texas over Alabama. If I had to put the four best college ball teams in, I'm throwing odd bar right here. If I had to put number five, it would be Florida State over Washington. Florida State scheduled a very hard, not conference schedule. This defense is still elite. They beat LSU. They beat Florida. What more can you ask of them? I like it right there. Those are the four best teams that should have been to the college ball playoff. But that's not the world we live in. They said they want to get the four best teams in, and that's why Florida State didn't get in there. Then why is Georgia not into that top four if you're really looking for the four best teams? That's what I don't get right there. Now, if you're looking at the four most deserving, it'd be one Michigan, two Washington, three Texas, and four Florida State. I don't care about SEC. You're a 13-0 conference champion. You're into the playoff for me. That's the most deserving. What the best would have been, like I said, one Michigan, two Georgia, three Texas, four Alabama. Enough of the college ball playoff talk. It's bowl season, everybody. So many bowl games. Qualify for a bowl game for six and six or better. Some teams that are five and seven this year actually got into a bowl game because there weren't enough six and six teams like James Madison. James Madison was not eligible for a bowl game, even though they were 11 and one in the season. Weren't enough six and six teams. They took James Madison and Jacksonville State. But here are the top five bowl games to watch out for this bowl mania season. Five, the Peach Bowl, Ole Miss versus Penn State. Ole Miss, not many opt-outs. Jackson Dart's going to play in this one. Drew Aller for Penn State's going to play in this one. Nick Singleton, also going to play. Their running back, Quinton Junkins, also going to play. Got two elite sophomore running backs, two elite quarterbacks that are coming back next year. Great defenses. Excited for it. Great game. Five, Ole Miss versus Penn State. For four, Arizona versus Oklahoma. Arizona had a great finish to the season. Only three losses. Nick Fifiata, great player. Dylan Gabriel, not going to play in this one for Oklahoma. He's in the portal. We're going to see what Jackson Arnold's number four quarterback in that 2023 class. Let's see what he can do out of Oklahoma. But Oklahoma, Arizona, that's number four. They're going to play in the Big 12 next year. This game, Blair Almable. I like it. Number four, Arizona, Oklahoma. Number three, Florida State versus Georgia. This is the game to watch out for. If Georgia beats them, they beat them 59 to nothing. If they TCU them, they beat them 65 to 7, whatever it might be. Then you could say, okay, Georgia should probably should have been in the playoff. Florida State should not have been. And that puts to bed all the disputes, all whatever it might be. If Florida State wins this game, there will be riots in college football. Mike Norvell will get up on that stage in the Orange Bowl, throwing his oranges, screaming at everyone on that college ball playoff committee. Better not let that happen, Georgia. Florida State, if I were you, win this game. Send a message to the rest of college football. Three, Florida State, Georgia. Two, Texas versus Washington, the playoff game. Rematch from last year's Valero Amo Bowl. I like it. Quinn Ewers going up against his elite Washington defense. Michael Penix, his receivers going up against an also elite Texas defense. Two, Texas Washington. And number one, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Not a traditional Rose Bowl, but Michigan making their way back to the Rose Bowl. I think it's the first time since about 2006. I love it. Michigan. Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Alabama, I think this is their second Rose Bowl appearance ever. The first one was in 2020, but that Rose Bowl game got moved from L.A. 
over Dallas because Notre Dame didn't want to play in LA where fans couldn't be allowed, where they couldn't have anybody in that stadium. So number one, Michigan, Alabama. That's about the College Bowl Showcase. We talk about the transfer portal, the playoff, and bowl season. Stay tuned, everybody. Now, question day outro. This week's question day, it's monumental and it's a great one. We've asked this question so many times question day. It is where will Shohei Otani end up? Now we're going to get that answer. Two days from now, we will have that answer where Shohei Otani will be playing his baseball for the rest of his career. I'm excited to see this. This will alter baseball history. Maybe he gets a $750 million deal. Maybe he gets a billion dollar deal. Steve Cohen at the last moment. Maybe he goes small. $400, $350 million. Maybe he only pitches for the rest of his career. Maybe he only hits for the rest of his career. This is still monumental. The biggest talent in baseball history, in my opinion, the only guy who can be elite at pitching and hitting since Babe Ruth is on the market, everybody. And it's going to be announced in two days. Probably on the West Coast, but it's elite, everybody. Where will Shohei Otani end up? Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. That's about the question today. The final time I will ever ask this question on Screwed Sports where will Shohei Otani end up? That's Bob for Question Day. That's Bob for Squared Sports and Lamb Frank, episode 148. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 149. Stay tuned.